Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talent Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, Adam Hesseth. With me, as always, is Mike Katniss Everdeen Regan. Mike Katniss Everdeen Regan, how are you doing today? How do you come up with this stuff? I don't know. It just kind of comes to me on the spot. Weird. I'm not so bad. How are you? Oh, not so bad. I can't do the Canadian accent. I always end up going Irish when I go for it. <laughs> well, we got uh, got week 11 in the books, Mike. Most notable of it from week 11, you know, was uh, Michigan Penn State. Did I nail that? Was that week 11 that, that game happened? <laughs> that was week 11. Very look good. Look at me. Very good. Fucking look at me. It's almost like I edit a weekly call about college football. Real quick about college football. I know you don't follow. Probably don't follow anybody college football related. Like on X or whatever. But were you able to avoid the Jordan Travis injury? Oh, was he the Florida State quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it. What happened? Um, I'll just put it this way. Gordon Hayward. Oh, he broke his leg? Yeah. So, well, it hit, hit, I'm trying to think. It happened to another player recently but i told myself i saw i got like the update it was like jordan travis carded off field after leg injury or you know taking an ambulance and i was like don't do it mike you don't want to do it but i did i searched his name and it was gruesome it was one of the ones where like the camera catches a shot and his ankle is just like hanging there his foot it it, it was brutal so best wishes to jordan travis i still think about that Cavs game when or I guess Cavs-Celtics game when Gordon Hayward broke his leg. Yeah, it was game one of the year. Game one of the year. And whoever was on commentary, they're like going down the other way on the floor. And whoever was on commentary was like, Gordon Hayward has broken his leg. And they cut back and his foot just laying sideways. I'm like, why would you cut to that? Speaking of injuries and week 11 of the NFL, or week 10 of the NFL, wait, yeah, week 11 of the NFL. Did you, you probably saw because you were, I, were you watching the Bills game or you just kind of have like red zone going or do you have it? I was watching thing? it, yeah. Okay, so do you notice when that when the one Bills player, maybe it was Taylor Rapp, was it, who went down, how the cameramen were just like, zoom in on Lamar, zoom in on Lamar, or Damar. Yeah. And I was like, seriously, we don't need to do this. Like, leave the dude alone. It was after they brought out the ambulance, loaded uh, Tyler Rapp onto it. Tyler Rapp gives the thumbs up, and they cut to Damar Hamlin, dressed in street clothes on the sideline. Yeah. Like, I imagine... I imagine if Demar knew, he'd be like, "Can, can not? Nah, can you? Can you not?" Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how about we focus on my teammate that just had like what looked like a concussion or a neck injury? You know, you you think of there's some of those like codifying like that was a scary injury injuries when you're watching mm-hmm. live, like the Demar Hamlin is in, a, in its own uh, tier, but um, like Ryan Shazier, yeah, I remember yeah. that, yeah, mm-hmm. like that one when they were like. They they do the thing where they cut to the Mesergain loaded into the ambulance so you can see him get the thumbs up and they loaded him in and they were like pressing on his leg to see if he could feel anything. I was like, oh fuck, man. Yeah. Like watching top. Tyler Rapp celebrate the tackle, take a few steps, turn around and then collapse. I was like, oh fuck, that's bad. Yeah. I'm waiting for the game where the ambulance comes out for somebody and the Bills aren't even playing and they just cut to Demar who's sitting at home eating lunch. <laughs> Yeah, they cut to like a street view camera of him at a red light, just checking his phone for texts. Yeah. Well, with that note, Mike, it is Monday. And as always, with the Monday edition of this podcast, 
We do go through our Monday morning headlines, talk about the week that was. Uh, before we get started here, though, I do have to call someone out. I know it's punching down. I know we're, we're bigger than this. I don't want to mobilize our, our, our audience against someone smaller than us. But Cousin Sal stole the Rowboat Rod nickname and didn't even credit us. Bastard. Bastard. That's it. I'm not watching Jimmy Kimmel anymore. I wouldn't. I mean, I, I don't already, but if I was, I wouldn't anymore. Yeah, that's what that fucker gets for stealing it. You know what? Robot Ron, original creation of Talent Alone, hadn't seen it anywhere else. Now Cousin Sal thinks he can just use it willy-nilly. Has, has anybody else said Stroud Crowd, or do we need to get that copyrighted? We need to get that copyrighted. We need to get that put on shirts, yeah. shot glasses. We need to get CJ Stroud on this podcast saying Stroud Crowd. Yeah. Can we trick him into thinking one of us is a -a Make-A-Wish kid? I mean, I'm already worried about someone swooping in and taking Big Cock Fox. You know, I can't have something else get taken from us. I don't think that we can get Jamie Fox in on Uh, Actually, you know what? If someone started calling me Big Cock Adam, I would probably go on that show. Right? Yeah. Why, thank you. I do find it to be a pretty noticeable size. And you even defended him last podcast. I asked if he stuffs, and you said definitively no. So I think it was after we stopped recording. Oh, was it? (laughs) Thanks for outing me on that. Uh, one other thing before we get into here, because I, I don't really know if it, it lands on anything we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. How'd you feel about Joe Brady coming in and just coaching the Ken Dorsey offense exactly like Ken Dorsey did? How'd that feel yeah. for you? I mean, it was what it was. T- Tony Romo, for all the good things Romo does, there's some bad things. Like he just can't let there be any space in the broadcast without <laughs> him saying something. He refuses, and he must have said the turnovers got Dorsey fired. Like a thousand times. Well, fuck, someone needed to say it. Yeah, but he's just constantly hammering it. He, he's kept making the same points about the offense over and over again. And he he loved the Joe Brady performance. He's like, I would too. Because wow. I, liked, I liked Ken Dorsey, and this mm-hmm. was just Ken Dorsey's offense again. Yeah, we looked okay. We still started super slow, but part of that was because, and we'll get to it later. Um, well, we might get to it later if I get a certain award. McDermott's a giant coward, so... Well, I will say, I do think that Joe Brady did call two horrible quarterback draws that I don't remember Ken Dorsey ever calling, so. Yeah, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a draw play. QB or running back. Why? Why? They go, like, best of days, three yards. No, I've seen some QB draws break off for big ones. These things you edited to look like it? No, Alan... You cut to Alan, Mike Vick taking a QB draw and then just cut in the beast quake and you go, close enough. I'm pretty sure Allen got a first down on one QB draw. He ran one QB draw directly into the back of the line and ran another mm. QB draw three yards upfield. That's not true. That's true. You're, no, you're wrong. I was taking notes during the game, brother. I, I'm going to, I'll watch the L22 and send you a clip. I'm totally willing to take that gamble. I tried to watch the L22 for something earlier. This was at like three o'clock and NFL Plus was like, nah, we don't have them yet. Sorry. Yeah, it doesn't come out till Tuesday. Bitches. PFF can get their grades up the next day, but they can't cut together in all 22. Well, they got to cut out all the ads. What, they have like one person like working in the NFL Plus department? Based off the number of subscribers, I'm guessing, yeah, one person (laughs) is part-time. Well, with all that out of the way, Mike, it is the Monday morning headlines. Uh, Kick or receive? I I only have two, so you go first. Right. All right. I only have two that I put in there. So, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, you go first. Mike, last week, week 10 of football was 
I came on this podcast and said that it was the best Sunday of football we have gotten all season, and that it was all downhill from there. And this Sunday, I was proven correct. The quarterback play on Sunday was not good. It was a weird-ass Sunday, wasn't it? It was a weird-ass Sunday. Yeah. Here are the number of QBs that had two turnovers. Tua, Bryce Young, Baker Mayfield, the Jets quarterbacks combined for two turnovers. And Josh Dobbs, who had three fumbles but somehow only lost one. Here are the quarterbacks that had three turnovers. Sam Howell, C.J. Stroud, Aiden O'Connell, Jared Goff. That means one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of the quarterbacks that played had two or more turnovers this Sunday. Oh, but Josh Allen is motion league. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just one of those weird Sundays where bad teams kept games close. Like the Dolphins only won by seven points over the Raiders. On a last second interception, too. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey had two picks yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. Including the last second interception of Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. yeah. Don't you hate but... Jalen Ramsey for some reason? Oh, because he was shit talking Josh Allen. Was that in the interview where he called everyone mid? No, I think this was just like in a random interview. He was decided to go off on about how Josh was garbage. And I mean, check the tape. Josh has done well against Jalen Ramsey teams. So, but who's keeping track, right? You, you your spite in sport, like you get so personally offended when it comes to your teams, especially Josh Allen. You are more protective of Josh Allen than his own mom. My spite knows no bounds. You don't want to get on my shit list. Well, I mean, you it doesn't really matter for you. It's not like I do anything, but I don't like start a campaign to get you canceled, but you know. You will go on a podcast and talk about it, though. Yes, I will. All right, Mike, you want to give me your first headline this week? Broncos country. Let's ride. Four straight wins for the Denver Broncos. From one to five to five and five. They're only a game out of the wild card. So their last loss also wasn't brutal. It was to the Chiefs only 19 to eight in week six. In these four games, Russell Wilson, 7-0 touchdown interception ratio. Not lightening up yardage, but he does have an almost 75% completion. Seven big-time throws. Uh, this past week, he hit Sutton on fourth and three to pick up the first down. And then he lobbed up that 15-yard touchdown pass as like the pocket was collapsing around him. Mm-hmm. He also put it in a good spot. It was a great catch by Sutton to get up and get it, but he also had two guys near him, so... Russ knew to go high. I don't know. This defense in the last five, only averaging 16 points against. No one's given up. They haven't given up more than 22, which is the Bills who did that. <laughs> um, Sutton's on a five-game tutty streak. Just quick question. Uh, who won that Bills game? Sutton's on a five-game touchdown streak, five games in a row. Everybody's talking about Christian McCaffrey. His streak is over. Now it's all about the Sutton streak. Oh, I like that. That, that sounds good. Uh, and then a shout-out to our guy in the defense. Slot corner, Jaquan McMillan. That's our guy? No. I just said a shout out. Last three games, he has two picks, and he has an average coverage grade of 79.5. I mean, they haven't beaten the craziest teams, but Broncos are kind of on a roll. Broncos uh, Broncos making the playoffs, Adam? Yeah, there's like a giant gaping hole in the playoff picture now that is the AFC North. Now that the Bengals are hurt, the Ravens are good, the Browns and Steelers are terrible, but somehow in the picture. It feels like those that division's going to beat the hell out of itself until only the Ravens are left standing, and then AFC West is going to sneak in a couple extra teams. 
All right, yeah, so I'm going to steal another one of your gimmicks here. I'm going to go through the remaining schedule. You tell me win or loss, all right? All right. Next week, they're at home against Cleveland. Jesus Christ. Tough one, eh? Uh, win. Win? Then yeah. they go to Houston. Loss. They go to the Chargers. <laughs> Tough one, eh? I, 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 I just can't. I can't vote for a Stanley win. I'm going to go win Broncos there. All right. Then they're, they go to Detroit. That's a loss. That's a loss. They are at home for New England. That's a win. It's a win. They are home for the Chargers. That's also a win. And then they finish I've the season. I've lost all my faith in Staley. Yeah. So they finish the season in Las Vegas. And by this point, I assume the Raiders will have locked down the one seed, right? So they'll be benching all their starters. Yeah. I'm going to go win on that one. Okay, so in their final seven games, you have them taken two losses and five wins. So that'd be close. I guess into 10 and 7, I feel like 11 and 6 is usually the cutoff, but who knows? Well, there's seven teams. I feel like 10 and 7 makes the, the wild card this year. In the AFC? Yeah. Those teams are going to beat up on each other pretty good, so there's a chance. I mean, do you really I'm... feel like you can name seven teams in the AFC? They're going to score at least 11 wins. That, that, that is a good point. That's a very good point. There's a lot of teams in the AFC who it's like, they're winning, but are they really good? Uh, the Broncos could be considered one of them. Yes, the Broncos could be considered one of those. If, if Peyton gets this team to the playoffs, is it like his greatest accomplishment ever? <laughs> yeah, there's an argument to be made that it is. Yeah. I mean, especially where this team was a few weeks ago. I also will say, the Broncos had my two favorite plays of this entire week. Yeah. They had the Jerry Judy pump fake beyond the line of scrimmage where they were supposed to do like the double pass. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Judy totally got the safety to bite on it. He's like two yards past the line of scrimmage. And then they had the, uh, like you said, you already said the Cortland Sutton touchdown. That was just like, that was one of those like, oh, this is, this is the Russ that we saw flashes of in Seattle that made everyone think that Russ was an MVP caliber quarterback. Yeah. I thought that was, I mean, obviously everybody was like Cortland Sutton and it was a great catch, but it was also placed in a good spot by mm-hmm. Danger Russ. I I want them to make the playoffs because they started one and five and then we can stop talking about, oh, remember the Bengals started one and three and made the playoffs? Well, the oh good news for you is that you don't have to deal with that this year. Oh, that's right. Because Bengals started one and three once again, but, uh, or did they start 0 oh and three? I started one and three. Yeah. And then, uh, Joe Burrow went and broke his wrist or whatever. Allegedly. You think that he's he's just running scared from the league? <laughs> he's just he's too scared. He doesn't want to have to face the Browns twice down the stretch. He saw Joe Brady was back and he was like, that guy knows too much. I got to get the fuck out of here. Look at that chain he's rocking. Got to get out of here. Hey, I got to. Is Tommy DeVito the biggest loser to ever wear multiple gold chains? Jerry's still out early in his career. You know, he let, his mom makes his bed, Mike. What? You, have, you haven't heard this? No. Tommy DeVito did a, an interview. How are you on Twitter and you didn't hear this? Anyways, Tommy DeVito did an interview where he was talking about how he still lives at home because he lives in New Jersey, like a couple hours away from the Giants facility. And he was talking about how he loves it because he doesn't have to pay rent. His mom makes his chicken cutlets every night. And his mom makes his bed. It's like, you didn't have to say that, man. You're 20 fucking five years old. 
I don't care if you weren't an NFL quarterback before this. At 25, your mom's still making your bed? You fucking loser. You live with your, why is he scared of paying rent when he's in the NFL? That's not like, who's this money man? <laughs> no, this is, this is like the le- less endearing version of when Alfred Morris was still driving like a 2001 Civic when he was in yeah. the NFL. I did, I did not hear about this. That, that's pretty funny. Here, here's the full quote. You ready for this? When asked about living at home despite the luxurious lifestyle that National Football League players can often afford, he said, it was a no-brainer for me, said DeVito, 25, in a recent interview with ESPN. I don't have to worry about laundry. Once again, 25 years old, doesn't do his own laundry. What I'm eating for dinner, chicken cutlets and all that, waiting for me when I get there. My mom makes my bed. Everything is handled for me. What a fucking loser. I've been doing my own laundry since I was like 11. Yeah. Fuck, man. I remember during the uh, the Bills Bengals game, they were constantly like Joe Burrow goes to bed at eight o'clock every night during the season. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think he's a fucking nerd. Also, it, it may, <laughs> yeah, it may... let's be let's calm down here, man. Some of us in in this very chat go to bed at eight o'clock. All right. But then he also it made me mad because we were losing, and I was like, Joe Burrow should be tired. Then it's nine thirty at night. Why are we losing? <laughs> That's how I was feeling when, when Washington was losing to, to Tommy DeVito. I'm like, we're losing to a fucker whose mom makes his bed. Yeah. Why are we talking about it? I guess I got to do more headlines. Mm-hmm. My next headline, Mike. The stars are on to Vegas. So sometimes your headlines, I'm like, okay, I can get where he's going with this one. No idea here. That's kind of what I was going for. Uh, Cowboys, Super Bowl bound? Oh. Yeah. Cowboys win 33-10 over Carolina. Like, is it a win against Carolina that's making you be like, this team could win the Super Bowl? Yeah, man. That's tough competition. Bryce Young having negative EPA per play on every single game so far this season? Tough competition. So since the Week 5 San Francisco loss, their only other loss has been to the Eagles, which they, they had two touchdowns taken away by, like, mere inches. That was the Dak Prescott's feet are too big game. And the Luke Schoonmaker, that was where he caught the ball and, like, didn't fall backwards far enough. Mm -hmm. And then that game ended on a fumble on the four-yard line by CeeDee Lamb. But since the Week 5 loss to San Francisco, Dak has the highest EPA per dropback in the league. The offense has the highest EPA per play in the league. The defense has the fourth highest ranked defensive EPA per play. Dak, now up to 16-1 to for MVP. He's currently sitting in fifth place. Since the San Francisco loss, 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. That's five weeks. 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. And he was barely playing this week. He had less than 200 yards and two touchdowns this week. Because they got out to such a dominant lead, and Deron Bland was scoring all the touchdowns for them anyways. Yeah, they're, they're hot right now. Real quick. Were you talking about the Minnesota loss when you said it, or the Cardinals loss when you said it ended on a fumble? No, 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 no. Eagles lost it too. I thought the, oh. CeeDee Lamb catches at the four-yard line, gets popped from behind by uh, uh, Blankenship, fumbles the ball. It was as time was expiring, and CeeDee Lamb was four oh, yards out okay, from the, that's right, the end yeah. zone, but he still fumbled I was, it. I was thinking of the previous drive where it really ended, when he threw the ball to someone who's not C.D. Lamb. I think it was um, uh, Jalen Tolbert. Yes, that's who it was. Yeah. Uh, no, the Cowboys are hot right now. I don't feel like... Do you feel like a lot of people are talking about them? 
This is a cowboy, so there's like a minimum level of noise you normally have to hear. But no, because they lost to the Eagles and lost to the 49ers. And because football is a week-by-week sport, we have to say, well, because of those losses, they can't beat the top competition. But they've been by far the hottest team in the league right now. Yeah, I bet you if December 10th, so that's two weeks from now, they have what appears to be a Thursday night game against Philadelphia. And if they win that one, it's at home too. If they win that one, that's when all the Super Bowl talk will start. Get in now, man. Dak 16 to 9 or 16 to 1 to win uh, MVP. Listen, I was the one giving out Wimbayama plus money. I was the one giving out CJ Stroud, rookie of the year. I don't think I gave that one out. But I did give out Wimbayama plus money for rookie of the year. I'm telling you right now, man, get, on, get in on a deck at 16 to 1 odds to win MVP right now before that starts to tank in a few weeks. There has not been a more open MVP race through 11 weeks in what? Six years? Seven years? Yeah, I feel like every season there's the one or two front runners, and then there's the contrarian people like me who are like, well, well. Let me DJ name this Watt. running back. Yeah. yeah. The Cowboys are plus 550 to win the conference currently, and they are plus 1100 to win the Super Bowl. Are you saying to get in on that? I guess for the headline, like here, I'll do the headline. Yes, get your tickets in now on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. But in reality, when it comes to the playoffs in the NFL, bet game-by-game markets, and you'll come out with more money than if you're betting all the way to the futures. I don't know when this article was updated, but this one has Dak listed at plus 1,600 on FanDuel, plus, 18, uh, plus 1,800 on BetMGM. So odds around there for, for MVP. Well, yeah, our entire betting conversation started when I said Dak's 16-1 to 1 to win MVP. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I totally, I do remember you saying that now. I just have a short-term memory problem, I think. You're like the guy from Memento. Yeah, long-term memory, I'm great. Yeah. Short-term, it's tough. What happened in 1991? Uh, 1991 was the year. Bush version, version one, still in office. <laughs> I'm really upset that George W. didn't like have signs and like have a campaign slogan that was like Bush 2.0. I like the idea of just doing the like, BJ Novak comes in and he's talking about the website, he calls it 2.0. Yeah. It's a visual gag. What were we talking about? Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys remain scheduled. They get the Commanders twice, Eagles once, Seahawks once, Lions once, Bills and Dolphins each once. So it's not an easy schedule. But if they they win more of those games than they lose, they suddenly start looking like more of a contender. That's a rough schedule down down the stretch, but... Yeah, they, they can beat the Eagles. I don't know if you already mentioned this as we've because my as we've established my short term memory is shit. They beat the Eagles. That one seed is in sight. Yeah. Yeah, they split the series with the Eagles. Eagles have even a harder schedule, I believe. I'd have to look into it, but it, it there's no there's no easy road for either of those teams. No. No. All right, Mike, you want to give me your other headline today? All right. Yeah, I got some teams died down here who I consider that their playoff hopes officially died. Now some of them are like obvious because it's like well that was a bad team their playoff hopes died when the season started but they're also like their record plus now with their remaining schedule it's not looking pretty so first of all chargers four and six lost to the packers and they still have the ravens bills and chiefs and the broncos twice who are frisky now remaining this season so that's not looking good do you want my input on each of these teams yeah, as we go? Okay. yeah i know if you had a couple points on the chargers yeah i'm with you 
Brandon Staley got into an argument with reporters this week after the game because a reporter asked him if he was going to give up defensive play call. And he's like, I like where the defense is. I'm like, motherfucker, you just gave up three touchdowns to Jordan Love. Yeah, do you really? You re- you like that? You, you shouldn't like that. Kirk Cousin pops up and he's like, you shouldn't like that. He's allowed the most passing yards in the league to opposing defenses or opposing offenses. You like where your defense is? You don't think it can be improved by anyone else calling it, Brandon? You don't think maybe your fourth down decisions would be better if you didn't have to focus on also ruining the defense? Yeah, this would probably take some research, but to like have like a real in-depth answer. But is Bilicek the only like name that comes to mind who successfully was a head coach and called the defense? Yeah, immediately, yes. But I'd have to think about it. Does Pete Carroll call the defense? I don't think so. Yeah, then I... I would guess yes. Mm-hmm. All right, another team whose playoff so playoff hopes died. The fighting Aiden O'Connells. The Las Vegas Raiders. They lose to Miami somehow only by seven points. They still have four divisional games left against the Broncos, the Chargers, and the worst part is the Chiefs twice. I think that we could all agree that getting the temporary head coach gets you like a one to two week bump mm-hmm. before it starts to crumble. And we've now gone past the two-week point. And I'll say, the Raiders played above their competition in the last two weeks. They played higher than I would have ranked them. And if they continue to do that, there is an argument to be made. But I think we're about to see the new head coach bump start to dip away. Aiden O'Connell, you know? Maybe it's just reps. Maybe it's the team around him. But has not been up to his preseason snuff. And now the Jets are apparently sniffing around a Devontae Adams trade. So, uh... Yeah, not uh, not 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 totally feeling it. If I'm uh, a fan of the the Raiders this year, their other two games are the Colts and Vikings. Let's say they win those, but the Vikings and Josh Dobbs are are still frisky. Yeah, this team's going like best case scenario six and ten. I don't. There are the four divisional games. I don't think they win any of them. Uh, the Chargers they might win because it's the Chargers. Yeah, but still, any, anything can happen in a Chargers game. <laughs> yeah, let's say that's seven and nine. Or wait, I'm not doing math right. Four plus two. I leave a game off. I'm still. I don't know. Point is, Raiders aren't making the playoffs. Next team, Baker Mayfield led Tampa Bay Bucks lose to San Francisco, also surprisingly only by 13 points, uh, and fall to four and six. They're, I mean, I think they're out of it, but they don't have a hard schedule remaining. They have an outside shot. They play the Colts, Panthers twice, Falcons, Packers, Jags, and Saints. Yeah, what what record wins? The NFC South this year. Nine and seven. That's still in play for them. That's still in play for them. And the the easy schedule, well, no, more so the bad division, obviously has an effect on the odds because they're only plus 205 to make the playoffs. That's crazy. That has to be all like division. Yeah. That's crazy that they're only plus 205. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to count them out. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, love those guys. They still have enough elements from their Super Bowl team to where they have they have some blue chippers still bouncing around. Um, I think Vita Vea is in that conversation. I think that they still have a good offensive line. I don't know. I'm not I'm not buying into a Baker Mayfield led team again. I'm not falling for this shit. We did this back when Stefanski first showed up on the Browns. We bought into them. That was our mistake. I'm not I'm not doing it again. Yeah, they. 
like you said, they just still have like some defensive pieces I like. Antoine Winfield Jr., Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. Like those guys are starting to get older. Well, not I don't think Winfield's starting to get older, but the other three are starting to get older. And but they still have a lot of juice left in the tank. I've been playing well this year. So who knows? Let's see. Next team, the Jets fell to four and six with a thirty-two to six loss to Buffalo. They still have to play the Dolphins twice, the Texans and the Browns. They have literally no offense. Zach Wilson's getting benched for Tim Boyle, who, once again, Tony Romo, who can't let a second of dead air go by. I was like, you know, Tim Boyle, you know, Tim Bo- you see some of the stuff he's doing. <laughs> and I was like, you're talking of Tim. It was like literally after a series and a half, he's like starts complimenting Tim Boyle. Like, do you do you feel bad for him? Do you connect with him because he came out of like, like a, a lesser school and was probably a undrafted free agent like you. Well, it, all their ills are going to be si- solved when Aaron Rodgers comes back December 2nd. There's, can he shut up? Like he's such a narcissist. He can't handle people not talking about him that he's trying to make it sound like he's has a superhuman and will recover from a blowing out his Achilles faster than any man in history. Well, have you heard the players, you know? They're like, yeah, I watched him push a car up a hill with just his Achilles. Yeah. One leg, it was amazing. Yeah. I'm so sick of hearing about it. I feel bad for Garrett Wilson. That's what I'll oh, say. Oh, yeah. Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, I feel bad for. Last team. Sorry, but the Washington Commanders, the commies. Followed a four and seven with a rough loss to the Giants. They still have to play the Cowboys twice, the Niners, the Dolphins. Not that you were expecting them to make the playoffs, but I think it's officially over now. Yeah, I kind of hope they fire Rivera, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, You can't, you're legally not allowed to make the playoffs if you lose by two scores to a guy whose mom makes his bed. I'm pretty sure that's in the bylaws. Yes. That was part of the NFLPA agreement during the last uh, collective bargaining. Six turnovers. Six. Not pretty. Is there any any teams you feel like I left out? Oh, I, I mean, like the the specifically their playoff hopes ended this week. Yeah, like where the the loss this week was a big blow to it. Vikings, but even then they fell to six and five. I think like the Christ, how is that even possible? Right, and like the Steelers lost, but they're six and four. Yeah, so huh, kind, thank kind you. of tough to say. Titans. I mean, they were they're already out of it, right? They only had three wins. Yeah, they were they were three and six prior to their the beatdown they got from Jacksonville. So I had them already out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think right. you think you covered it all. I just will say about the Titans that they made the bold decision to throw a touchdown pass to Jeffrey Simmons, which is like, you guys are three and seven. Why are you running trick plays? <laughs> what else are you going to do when you're getting your ass kicked? Might as well dish out the trick plays. Yeah. At least definitively Vrabel won't have to cut his penis off this year. No, his, his, the, his ding ding is safe. Yeah. We can we can all officially reset our clocks, counting down to the moment Vray Bless to cut his penis off. Uh, yeah. We'll come back next year. All right, my last one. We we kind of teased it, but uh, Browns and Steelers lives up to the fucking hype, brother. The anti hype. Well, I don't know. Is it hype if it, it's exactly what you expect it to be? I guess so. It lived lived up to expectations. Let's say thirteen to ten final. Browns win. The QBs combined, Mike. I had so much fun doing this the QBs combined to go 39 for 71 for 271 yards that is 3.81 yards per attempt that means if you pass the ball 
for three downs, you should not expect to convert. That is so low. That is Han so low. They uh, also combined for zero touchdowns and one interception. Yeah, so real quick, not trying to be a dick. Field, um, congratulations, Dorian Thompson-Robinson on the win. But at the end of the game, he was so emotional taking a knee. And I was just like, you threw for 165 yards and in an interception. And like you said, average 3.8. Like, real proud for you. But similar to when, you know, the the penis toucher or whatever was was quarterbacking this team, you won because of the defense. Yeah. Uh, just uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna include this in the award pool. So I want to give us a special award. I want to give out the official the town alone was right award of the week. Both of us gave out the pick on last show to take the under at 32 and a half, and boy did it hit the under. Cleared it with room to spare. When the under's super low, always take the under. <laughs> Can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do my gimmick here real quick. I'm going to read you every single drive in this game and their result. Okay. Punt, punt, touchdown. Punt, 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 field goal, end of half. Touchdown, punt, 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 interception. Punt, punt, field goal. Punt, 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 field goal, end of game. I really... Can you turn you saying punt repeatedly into a soundbite so whenever we talk about a game that's going to be boring we can just play it i absolutely can thank you all right mike yeah. any more monday morning headlines you want to hit here you got any more thoughts on uh pittsburgh cleveland big jalen warren game big jalen warren game mm-hmm. any further thoughts on it mike oh i did i forgot it for a second because it popped in my head when we started talking about it but uh, if you are Steelers management etc et are you kind of done with kenny pickett <laughs> like is this is this it I think Kenny Pickett's watched. I think you got to get Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett out of the building. Yeah, I feel like Kenny Pickett should buy his defense all like a Cadillac because they're playing them out of a position to draft a quarterback. Yeah, the combination of the defense and Mike Tomlin's pixie dust really has been helping Kenny Pickett secure his job for a few more years to come. Last seven games, he is... Has two touchdowns and one interception. Hey, he's not throwing a lot of picks. But he has, what is this, six touchdowns on the year with four interceptions. And you have George Pickens. There is, and Deontay Johnson. Right? There is, there is an outside chance. I haven't looked this up. But there is an outside chance that right now, Kirk Cousins has more touchdowns and less interceptions than Kenny Pickett. Kirky Q. Why do we call him that? Because he's probably a member of QAnon. That's right. <laughs> I was saying that the other day, and I couldn't remember why I was calling him Kirky Q. So he has one more interception. He has five. Or two more interceptions. Pick it as three. However, he has 18 touchdowns. <laughs> three times. 300%. How many games did Kirky Q play? He played eight. Okay. That's more than I thought. Mm-hmm. I retract my previous, my previous comparable. Yes. All right, Mike. You got any more Monday morning headlines? Nope, I guess we can move into my little game for you. Yeah, you wanted to play a little game involving head coaches. Yeah, it's just a little hot seat segment where I'm going to throw out a coach. And I need you to tell me, A, if his seat is hot, hot, hot. And if he's going to get canned, do you think it happens during the regular season or this waits after? All right. All right. So first up, we have Matt Eberfus, who his team's currently 3-8. and eight, and his record 
through two seasons is currently six and twenty-seven. I do think Eberflus gets fired. To that's you know that's the GM firing the coach to save his job move. I do not think it happens during the season. It is of a benefit to the Bears to keep being bad at football. Yeah, it's one of the ones where I don't know how high expectations were. So it's not like they're missing like high expectations. So he's probably just let him keep running the team in the ground for the rest of the year. Yeah, and if they end up with the number one and number two overall pick, then they're in such a prime position to bring in a metric shitload of future assets, especially if they decide to keep fields. They could Mm -hmm. trade number one and number two and probably end up with Marvin Harrison Jr. still. Yeah, that could be tough, though, depending on how far back they're trading. Yeah, well, I'm saying, yeah, I mean, you kind of do what the Panthers did last year, right? You you get a team that you're not even going that far back Mm -hmm. and just sell them on. Well, if you don't trade for it, someone will. And then lie and be like, I got a team offering me four first, so... (laughs) All right, next next coach, you teased it earlier. Rowboat Ron. He is four and seven, coming off a rough loss. That does not look good. He's been with you guys four seasons now, three and a half. And his complete record is 26, 24, and one. And obviously, there's the new owner factor who's probably ready to clean it up and start his own regime. Yeah, you know, Ron Rivera has two seasons over 10 wins and three total winning seasons in his career. Mm-hmm. And yet he's been continuously a head coach since 2011. Yeah, he's been living off of that. I think I may say this in the, the podcast one week. He's been living off that Cam Newton MVP year his whole career. But what? Like, does Rod Rivera have dirt on all of the owners or something? Nah, it's just, it's just, uh, there's a term for it, but it's just all the old men who are in uh, positions of power in the NFL. Cause like Ron Rivera has, he's been around the league a long time. He has like, he's respected, you know, he's like, your survived cancer. He's like your football version of a 200 foot hockey guy. Yeah. You know? Uh, I think Rivera gets fired. I think it happens in season beyond just the bad loss to DeVito. And the fact that the commander still haven't had their bye week. They specifically brought in Eric B as a co-head coach. And I've been hammering this drum. The reason they did that is because they want to eventually give it be enemy a shot at the job. When is a better time to do that than mid season in a lost season? Find out what you have. See if you want to go shop the market or if be enemy's the guy. Yeah, I agree. That's actually a really good point. If the plan is if you're expecting to eventually turn it over to him, why not give him like, you know, a six game audition here down the stretch, see how he does. Yeah, David uh, Aldridge wrote an article today for the Athletics saying they should fire Rivera now and turn the team over to be enemy. They're not going to do that because they're going into a Thursday night game on Thanksgiving in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard for a new owner to go. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and cause massive change and then embarrass ourselves on the biggest stage possible in Dallas. But if Washington gets just waxed on Thursday, mm-hmm. I think we see the coaching change before the plane lands back in DC. Yeah. I think they wait for Rivera to be eating Thanksgiving dinner with his family. <laughs> and then they call him just real, real spiteful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be during season. I didn't think that 
and then the Tommy DeVito loss made me think, okay, I think that I probably put a nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Next up, Town Alone, the Team Town Alone's head coach. It's pretty early on, but Arthur Smith, teams four and six, through his two and a half seasons now, he has a total record of 18 and 26. I don't think he gets fired. Okay. I think that he has such a great scapegoat just being like, well, my quarterbacks are terrible. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. And none of them are high draft capital. They haven't spent premium picks the same way that other teams have at the quarterback position. So you can get away with it. Like Eberflus has a first round quarterback that he has to, he has to go tell people are terrible for Arthur Smith. Desmond Arrow is what third round. Yeah. Maybe later. So, yeah. It's a day two pick. And then a backup who was an undrafted guy that is a career quality backup. A guy who was out of the league for a minute and working on finishing up his college degree. Cause he thought yeah. his football days were over. So Arthur Smith has the built-in excuse where he can go, what do you expect me to do? The most important position on the team is terrible. I will say, if I'm the GM in Atlanta and Arthur Smith comes to me with that shit, I immediately retort with, well, then why don't you use Bijan? Yeah, why don't you just go last year and do nothing but run the ball? Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. All right, next up, a man who has been in my sights all season long. Brandon Staley, we have an award named after him. That's how, how terrible of a coach he can be. Four and six this season. Uh, through the, his two and a half seasons now, he is 23 and 21. He has one playoff appearance as a franchise quarterback. And most important to notice why I thought he'd be gone after last season. He lost in the wild card to the Jaguars after blowing a 27 to 7 halftime lead. It is, it is astounding that he has even made it this far. Similar problem to Eberflus, but ramped up to 11. Who are you going to blame except Staley for the fact that this team can't win with Justin Herbert? And think about the Chargers games in the past. All these games, obviously not this week, but because it was 20 to 23, but all these games they're losing, it's like 31 to 34 or 28 to 36, right? Like it's all these one score games in which Justin Herbert was phenomenal. And even like this week, when it looks on on the box score, like Herbert didn't have a great week, Keenan Allen dropped two different touchdowns. Quentin Johnson dropped a touchdown, or a potential touchdown, streaking down the right side of the field. All three of those should have been touchdowns. So every week, Herbert's performing like a top five quarterback in the league. And you can't even bring that to a winning record. And then he comes out this week, like I previously mentioned, the reporter asks him if he's going to give up defensive play calling, and he has the gall to say he likes where the defense is. Bro, you have a top five, top four quarterback in the league, and you can't win games because the defense is ass. What about that? Do you like where the defense is? Yeah, and it's even worse when you look at the schedule and you're like, the difference between us being four and six and six and four is you lost games to the Titans and the Packers. <laughs> and that is unacceptable. We could, we could probably dig into this if we really wanted to go in depth, but how many times can you think of off the top of your head where it's just like Staley's kicking a field goal down 14 or Staley's punting on fourth and four from the 50 down two scores. 
Yeah. How, how long was the fourth down when they kicked it? Like it was under three minutes and they decided to play the timeout game. Oh no, it was, it was fourth and 20. So I guess we can give him the benefit of the doubt. On that yeah. One. Probably on that one That's from his own 15. Yeah. Uh, all right. I got two more here for you. First, Todd Bowles, four and six this season, Tampa Bay Bucks, has a career coaching record of 36 and 55. I didn't include his three game stint as the Miami interim head coach. So, in his six years as an actual like head coach, he has one winning season. It was his first season with the Jets when they went 10 and six, and that was thanks to Fitz Magic helping, helping drag them to a winning record, but they still didn't make the playoffs. I appreciate your full history lesson there all mm-hmm. the way to continue with if a team did or didn't make the playoffs back in. What year was that? 2015. Yeah, thank you. Um, I don't think Todd Bowles gets fired. And the simple reason is because I constantly forget that he's the head coach there. And that's honestly a great strategy. Like if you're a head coach that I, someone who covers football three times per week, can't remember that you're a head coach, maybe the owner doesn't either. Maybe whoever owns the Bucks doesn't remember Todd Bowles as coaching the team. And at that point, how can you fire a guy if you don't even know he's there? Yeah, like that'd be kind of funny if they're in the locker room looking around and asking the players, "Who's who's that? Is it that guy? Is that guy the head coach?" And like, no, that that's just like the janitor. I don't know why, <laughs> but he might do better as a head coach. <laughs> that's true. Wondering, uh, if he does get fired, I don't, I don't even know if he will. But it's like he's the his team and him with Baker Mayfield, they're just so meh. Like after the season, I feel like they're going to be like, at, do we make a coaching change? Like what's going on with this team? It feels like kind of just nothing. Like we're just standing still. I don't, I don't really know. What One I, of my favorite questions to ask is what is the NFL team you spend the least time thinking about? And this conversation has maybe realized it was Tampa Bay. I would have had other answers before it, but it's because I would have forgotten that I don't think about Tampa Bay. Yeah. It, that might be the team this year. I spend zero time thinking about what made me put them on this list is like, yeah, four and six and they could end up with a winning record. They could win the division, but his track record is just so bad that if you're an owner, are you really looking at this team and thinking, yeah, that's the guy who's going to get us to the next level. I think they were one of the last four or five undefeated teams in the NFC also. And they were really early in the year. Yeah. Really early in the year. They started off winning. So it's just like when you also put it within the frame of that, like, it must be like one and six in the last seven games. Ready for the last one? Yeah. Frank Reich. <laughs> he's one and nine on this disastrous season. He's almost, I guess you could, can, almost a perfect 500 on his head coaching career. 41, 41, and one. <laughs> so I don't know if a tie would keep you at four at 500. I don't know. It's weird. It's like beyond perfect 500. He He's... Exactly 500, and then even has a tie on the game that would have broken his perfect 500 record. Yeah, and so I don't... My quick point I'll make is, I know teams don't like to fire coaches after one season, but when it is a disastrous season like this one, where he's handing a first-round pick to the Bears, a number-one overall pick to the Bears, it might want to go ahead and just do it. Yeah, heads are going to roll this offseason in Carolina. There's no way about it. I mean, whatever you think about Frank Reich, which... I think it's turning out to show between this and his Indianapolis tenure. Frank Reich's probably not a great NFL head coach, mm-hmm. but you're giving up your first round pick, which means you have nothing to lose for. And yet 
that pick might end up being number one overall. Everyone might get fired. They might move. Might come next season, and they'll be the Mexico City conquistadors. That'd be kind of cool. Finally, we would have a new elevation where people could lose their mind about being like, when they kick it from here, it goes further than anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, the two more quick names, I won't go into detail, but I considered putting them on the list, but that was like, they both have arguments. Like, Dennis Allen, he's 5-5, five and five, he could win the division, so probably not on the hot seat. And then Robert Sala gets to hang back on, like, I lost Aaron Rodgers, and I've kept the team relatively competitive last season and this season, so he'll probably be safe too. Honestly, Robert Sala is a fun one for this because I could see Robert Sala either losing his job or winning coach of the year right now. Right. It's like somewhere in between. Like if they somehow win four more games and finish 10 and seven, it would be like, he might be coach of the year. Yeah. Like from this moment on, a four game swing in either direction, like if instead of going 500 the rest of the way, they're four games over 500 the rest of the way, or instead of going 500 the rest of the way, they're four games under. 500 the rest of the way that's got to be the swing between coach of the year and getting fired maybe even two games either direction like a four game total swing either direction is the difference between coach of the year and being fired for robert sala right now yeah and then actually lied i have one more question i want to ask about a coach do you think the titans management was delusional and thought they could make the playoffs this year and they could be so upset that they would can a head coach that is three or four years removed from taking you to the AFC championship and Mike Vrabel. I can get no read on what the Titans thought going into the year. Yeah. In season trade for Deandre Hopkins. They traded away Kevin Byard to the Eagles. I, I thought they signed Deandre over the off season. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Cause he got straight up cut by the Cardinals, but that was like mm-hmm. a week before the season started. Yeah. So they signed, they signed Deandre Hopkins. They cut Kevin Byard. They like they, they traded Kevin Hill. They traded Kevin Byard. That's where you That's got. Like, cut that time. Up. See, I'm getting all yeah. fucking mixed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they stuck with Tannehill, right up until they went to Will Levis. Will Levis wins that one game. Then I think they're bought back in. I don't know, man. I can't get. I can't get a good sense of where this Titans team even thinks they're going now. It's weird. I mean, three playoff appearances, fifty-one, forty-one. I think Frable's safe unless next year goes god awful. Yeah, he would have to have a few bad seasons in a row, especially with trotting Will Levis out there. I mean, there's there's something to be said about that they they already wasted draft capital on Malik Willis. If it turns out they also wasted it on Will Levis, that could be a clean house kind of situation next year. Yeah, you would just hope the front office and the ownership were kind of the mindset of like, we went in thinking we could be competitive, but now we've transitioned to let's see what we got in some players and move forward. Yeah. All right, that was the it for the uh, hot seat segment. You think uh, McDermott's job is fully safe now? Uh, <laughs> I feel bad saying I want a guy to lose his job, but I think his seat's safe. But I, if I was in charge, it wouldn't be. What about Belichick? I mean, I, I I'm leaning towards he's going to leave next year. But I mean, is a mutual parting of ways really like a hot seat? You got fired issue? Yeah, I guess not. Mm-hmm. I don't have any more curveballs to throw at you, I don't think. I, I feel think that's like all, all I got. I feel Game like nice nah, safe for at least another season. In my head, I imagine Belichick has a meeting with uh the massage man, Robert Kraft. Mm-hmm. Like walks in the room, sits down, and Robert Kraft's like, 
So, you know, Bill, I've been thinking, and then before he says anything else, Belichick just goes, I quit. <laughs> you didn't fire me, I quit. And then Robert Kraft, who was just going to have him sign the birthday card for Tom Brady, slowly <laughs> pulls it back off the table. Starts to cry. <laughs> All right, Mike, any, any more thoughts on uh, this week of football, or you want to get to our awards? Let's get to the awards. You know what? Worth knowing, look, before we get to the awards, just just quick note here. Uh, you got any thoughts on Monday Night Football tonight? It's supposed to be the game of the week. Big. I, mm-hmm. I would Normally, we don't talk about it, but the biggest game of the week is on Monday. Get a Super Bowl rematch, Kansas City at Philadelphia. Philadelphia favored by two and a half points. I don't know if that's true. I assume you were pulling up the odds. No, you're absolutely right. Hey, look at that. Current, current spread is two and a half. I, I'm pulling for the Eagles. Yeah. Is this because of Taylor Swift? God, I can't stand. It's more Travis Kelsey than Taylor Swift. Like every time a State Farm commercial comes on, I just want to like swing a bat at my TV. I think he's so charming. Really? I think he's like the most obnoxious human on the planet. Like all my hate for Rob Gronkowski has just filtered over to Travis Kelsey. It's hard to hate Rob Gronkowski when every commercial it's like, what if this guy's the dumbest fuck on the planet? Yeah. But he was a dude who like never read the playbook, but still knew how all the plays worked. Yeah. And it's like, this guy's dumb. But Travis Kelsey, he's he's such a great guy. Like, oh God, have I, I, why'd you, why'd you bring him up? Now I'm angry. I've been tethered in my rage. I didn't no bring him up. You brought him up. Uh, I'm pulling for the Eagles, but I might offset that by betting the Chiefs minus two and a half. Plus two and a half. Chiefs are minus two and a half. Oh, Chiefs are favored. Is it? Yeah. It's in Link though, isn't it? No, it's in Arrowhead. It's in Arrowhead? Okay, that's why. Mm-hmm. I had it backwards. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, you think it lives up to expectations going in? I'm kind of worried these defenses are too good. These defenses are really good. Over-unders at 45 and a half. That's, that seems high. That seems a little high. I think people are, because of the teams involved, they're expecting a high-scoring game. But I think it's going to end like... I can see ending like 23-17. 27-20, maybe the over just hits. How many uh, how many touchdowns does Rashid Rice have? It it would be probably should be six, but a couple will make, might get called back because the refs just feel feel bad about about the beating he's giving the Eagles. <laughs> and then uh, one other note that I did want to get to before I forget: we are recording next Thanksgiving in the morning, correct? No, mm-hmm. next Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving, we're recording on Thursday <laughs> in the morning yeah. prior to the games. Yeah, cool. I'm uh, I'm moving that day, so just oh. gotta plan that out in advance all right with that we are on to our weekly award segment where mike and i are going to sit down talk about who deserves the most important awards in the game uh mike since you kicked last time it is your turn to receive so you'll get the first award okay and i am spinning the wheel all right mike your first award of the week is the rubber man bounce back performance of the week award yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would be like, ooh, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. But his team's a big bag of frauds, so I'm not giving him satisfaction. I, I thought you were going to call him a big bag of farts. <laughs> that too, they're frauds and farts over there in Jacksonville. Clean it up, Tony Khan. Uh, no, I went with the man, the myth, the legend, Lamar Jackson. Had a, a rough game against Cleveland as they ended up, as the Browns came back and won that one. Came out, I mean... The game's a little weird because of the Joe Burrow injury that either happened prior to the game or during the game. But comes out 16 to 26 for two touchdowns, 
uh, yardage wasn't crazy, but it was still two touchdowns, three big time throws, an A dot of 13.3. Like that game script wise, if you look at it after the fact and you see that, you're like, all right, like that's how they want. That's the performance they want from Lamar. Not a shitload of throws, but high average depth and making the big plays. Then he had, added 54 yards on the ground as the Ravens potentially ended the season for the Bengals. Congratulations, Lamar Jackson. Rubber man I think, award. I think that we start seeing more of that kind of game performance with Mark Andrews going down. Because you just think about the guys they have. They have Aguilar, they have Zay Flowers, and they have Odell Beckham, and now Isaiah Likely. That's gonna, it's going to be a deep dot team from here on out. Yeah, especially if you can just sprinkle in some Lamar on the ground, sprinkle in some running and short game stuff with Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell. You slowly draw those defenders in, and then bam! Nelson Aguilar, 89-yard touchdown. All right, Mike, my first award of the week goes to the Brandon Staley Memorial Worst Coaching Decision of the Week Award. This week, giving it out. I think this might be the first time I've given it out to a coordinator. Ooh. Giving it out to Matt Canada, who Mike learned about earlier today. Final Steelers drive of the game. Matt Canada calls three straight passing plays. First and 10, incomplete. Second and 10, incomplete. Third and 10, incomplete. Jalen Warren was averaging 14.3 yards an attempt. And they didn't call a single run. They had a, by the way, they had more than a minute left at this point on the clock. You, you had time to run it. They have timeouts? I think they had one. But I assume you want to reserve that for the field goal. Yeah, they did have one because they used it on the next drive. You're right. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Matt Canada, who with his quarterback, who threw for a total of 106 yards, called three straight passing plays. But his running back, who averaged 14.3 yards an attempt, did not call a single run. I know most people would be like, running it this late in the game? Are you crazy? But they only needed a field goal, like you said. And Jalen Warren was actually explosive, unlike everything else on the offense that day. Jalen Warren had a higher average per touch than Kenny Pickett had per pass and had a higher total per touch or running the ball than Kenny Pickett had passing. Yeah, the clock will keep running if he doesn't get out of bounds. But you're often like you... He, Kenny Pickett threw for 106 yards in a full-length football game. That is not a football game that stopped in the second quarter, and they decided to just call it there. Oh, Canada. Mike, I, I, did you want to give out your brand stand Memorial Worst Coaching Decision of the Week? It seems like it might be cathartic for you. How do you know who I gave it to? I always know, Mike. <laughs> I guess you got bombarded with text during the game, so you already knew. Yeah, they won handedly 32-6, to six, but they're lucky they did. Uh, you want to tell us who you're talking about? Sean McDermott. There you go. I understand. I mean, you blew him out, and it's not like the Jets offense was really doing anything to be worried, but there's still like a practice like you're in a close game and like you're playing good competition because fourth and eight, we're only up three nothing. Fourth and eight on the Jets 12, kicks the field goal. Later on, fourth and two from the Jets 14, we're up six, we're up six nothing at that point, kicks the field goal and then late in the second we finally get into the end zone it's now 15 nothing and i get it the jets offense isn't doing anything but still if you're in a game that actually matters and is close what would you do there you go for two especially if you're uh, sorry rephrase that you're facing a good team who can come back who get back into the game you would go for two to make it a three score game instead he kicks the one to keep it a two score game these are the decisions that rear their ugly head in actual important games and in the playoffs, for example, that cost us games. It drives me insane. 
uh, Mike, in front of you, do you happen to have the yardage left on those fourth downs when he kicked the uh, the field goals? You mean like how long they needed to get for a yeah. first down? Distance yeah. on those fourth downs. It was fourth and eight and then fourth and two. Okay. Fourth and eight and fourth and two. Uh, quick math here. Josh Allen averaged three yards per rush and 9.8 yards a pass, which means that you can go ahead and expect that on fourth and two, if you snap the ball to Josh Allen, he gets a first down one way or another. Yeah, it just, it was mind boggling. And I, like I said, it was, I, it was a little effed up because I almost was hoping the Jets would come back and win. So McDermott, we can't. I'm sorry. I Like I said, I hate to want a guy to lose their job. They have families to support, but he'd land on his feet. You get a defensive coordinator job somewhere. He'll be fine. Yeah, him and Ron Rivera go back to Carolina after Frank Wright gets fired. Yeah, there you go. That'd be a lot of fun. Then we could watch uh, We could watch Sean McDermott and Ron Rivera coach Bryce Young. They try to run that Cam Newton offense with Bryce Young. <laughs> gets snapped in half on the first play. <laughs> yeah, it would not be pretty. All right, spinning the wheel. All right, Mike, your second award of the week goes to the Game of the Week award. All right, I went with Chicago at Detroit. That was definitively the Game of the Week. That's a good call. Great that, ending. Love the was ending. That, was that who you had? No, it wasn't, but I, I regret not picking that one now. Okay. So Goff comes out, throws three picks, and they find themselves down 26-12 with only slightly over four minutes left. They come out. Minute 16 drive capped off with a 32-yard strike to Jameson Williams, who, for readers of townalone.com, all-transfer portal offense team, this is exactly what I wrote at the end of that my little blurb for him. Tips NFL defenses. Keep those safeties up high and play a zone because if you double St. Brown and leave Williams with a one-on-one, the next time you see him is when he's sauntering into the end zone. Now, I tried to look up the L22 to see what they played, uh, what kind of formation they what they did on defense in that play. And like I said, it wasn't up there yet, so I couldn't tell. But he did get behind the defenders, and they, he was in the end zone. And there was one defensive back who came, like, running in at the very end to try to catch up to him. Like, there was one next to him, and then one came sprinting upfield. Yeah, it looks like the safety came over afterwards, but I, I don't, I can't tell from the, the clip. Exactly. Uh, Bears get the ball back and go three and out, only burning 26 seconds. <laughs> There's now two minutes, 33 seconds left. Lions march down the field. Two minutes, four seconds. Montgomery punches in the one-yard tutty. Go for the two-point. Who else catches the clutch two points besides legit Laporta? <laughs> to make it a safe field goal lead, hoping that the Bears don't pull off a miraculous touchdown. And then I was texting you about this. Fields comes out, 29 seconds left. On first down, Aiden Hutchinson beats his, uh, his blocker and is literally has to be like inches away. Like I'm sure Fields could feel the breath of Aiden Hutchinson on him, and he had no idea he was there. <laughs> like if people say pocket presence or pocket awareness, this is what they're talking about. Uh, sack fumble, Lions kick the ball out of the end zone, or Bears end up kicking the ball out of the end zone for the safety. And people who took Detroit minus eight start to cry because for a split second, they thought they were getting a defensive touchdown to cover. <laughs> Yeah, it's a brutal bad beat there that if Aiden Hutchinson had just fallen on the ball on the one yard line <laughs> and just slid in, touchdown. But instead, Darnell Wright punts the ball in the back of the end zone and you just get a safety out of it. That That is a uh, heartbreaker. Real quick, Fields had a, like a very like 2022 20, season Fields day. 
16 to 23 for 169 through the air and then 104 on the ground. <laughs> so brought back memories of what he did last year. That's one of those. If you really want to make the argument fields as good, you put the, uh, he had a hundred or 230 all, uh, total yards. Yeah. You, you don't have to break it down to the fact that he had so few passing yards. Also like his touchdown to DJ Moore was one of those moments where he steps up in the pocket and just delivers a beautiful pass into the hands of DJ Moore. And you're just left like, how do you randomly do that? But every other play, it's like a struggle. I know there's, there's so many quarterbacks you'll sit down and watch and they'll just have this ridiculous, like Sam Howell, right? Like Mm -hmm. last week, Sam Howell has that pass that we talked about on here where he just beautifully drops it in behind the linebacker into the hands of Terry McLaurin in front of the safety. It was the only spot on the entire field mm-hmm. that Terry McLaurin could have caught that no one else could have inf- affected it. And then this week, he throws a fucking bullet. I mean, prime Michael Vick speed coming on the ball to Jahan Dotson as Jahan Dotson gets to the sideline in the end zone for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then he like throws two picks that you're like, well, what? I... I just saw you throw two of the best passes I've seen all season. How'd you do this? How did you throw off your back foot straight into the air and do an interception? Yeah, because it's throws like that that make people be like, okay, this could work with this guy. And then a second <laughs> later, you're like, no, it can't. It can't work. What's happening? I just want to shake Sam Howell by the shoulders and go, tell me if you're good or not. <laughs> I demand an answer. What were we talking about? Chicago-Detroit game of the week. Okay, do you have anything, yeah. anything you want to add? No, I think you, uh, you nailed the coverage of that. It was Jared Goff's worst game of the season up to this point, which was great coming off me talking about how if the Lions go undefeated, they don't have to deal with Jared Goff problems. And then he came out and had Jared Goff problems in a dome. So mm-hmm. uh, fuck me. Hey, you're going to call yourself out. Mr. Jared Goff plays amazing in domes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know bad, bad week to hop on the Jared Goff plays amazing in domes take and then have him throw three interceptions in a dome. It was also bad week to take uh to hop on the sam howell might be might be a franchise quarterback and, train. Uh, I, I know we've been on it a little bit longer but man really uh rough, rough cj stroud week too also great yeah. trevor lawrence week after a week of us calling him dumb and incompetent yeah just basically a lot of bad takes last week for us that didn't age well luckily no one listens to old podcasts so they won't notice that except for the fact that we just brought them all up again right now that probably that didn't help our case no all right, Mike, final award of the week goes to me, obviously. That is going to be our one-week wonder award. I'm giving that to Tommy DeVito. 18 for 26, 246 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, I refuse to believe a quarterback's legit when his mom still makes his bed when he's 25. That's as simple as it is. This guy was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league two weeks ago. Then we found out his mom makes his bed, and he has one good game. Tommy DeVito is a dog shit quarterback. Make your own fucking bed. Wow. I was just curious. Emmanuel Forbes had your second highest coverage grade. Yeah, he was good. He was like really good this week. That is crazy that he had a good game. I thought if, I was like, oh, Adam will be going insane if it was Emmanuel Forbes getting burned by Tommy DeVito. <laughs> no, Emmanuel Forbes had like multiple it? pass breakups. He went out with an injury for a minute and I was like, oh, he's been playing well. It's a bad game for him to get hurt. Yeah. yeah interesting. Uh, top coverage grade. Jamin Davis or something? Percy Butler. Uh, yeah, he got hurt too. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I searched so hard to find someone else this award could go to. 
it was it, it was a a lost cause. No Tim Boyle. No Tim Boyle. <laughs> Tim Boyle. Okay, just making sure. All right, Mike. Bonus award time. You got any bonus awards for me? I got just two. I have also two. Nice. I'll go first. Better. Fucker. Uh, my first bonus award is the Back Down to Earth Award. It goes to Mr. Jerome Ford of the Cleveland Browns. So just for a little context, Jerome, Bo- Jerome Ford uh, has... Did I not write it down? Oh, no, that's my next one. So Jerome Ford goes off last week, 17 rushes for 170 yards. He's actually efficient. It's 6.3 yards a carry, and his longest yard uh, rush is only 28 yards. So other performances that were notice- like notable... In week two, he has one of six, but 69 came off his longest run. Nice. His other 15 attempts got him 37 yards. This was the most hilarious one. In week seven, he gets 74 yards. 69 of them nice. were on his big run. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Um, Jerome Ford doing it for the biz. Yeah. His other 10 attempts got five yards. Uh, like I said, I... Uh, Prior to the Browns game, it was against Arizona where he averaged 2.2 a carry, 44 yards. This week against Pitt, 12 for 31, 2.6. After a big 107 day, Jerome Ford came back to earth. Welcome back to earth, Jerome Ford. All right, I'm giving out my first bonus award. to. I'm giving out the, the Benched for Tim Boyle award. I'm giving that out to Zach Wilson, who notably this week got benched for Tim Boyle. I have no further analysis, but congratulations, Zach Wilson. I believe that is your first and last award that you will receive on the Town Alone podcast. If not, I have a feeling any other awards will be a negative one. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably going to get the next Back to Earth award or somehow the Brandon Staley Memorial Worst Coaching Decision of the Week. Yeah. All right, Mike, you want to give me your other bonus award? Yeah, my other bonus award is the Efficiently Inefficient Award. And it goes to Rashad White. So... Rashad has eight games this season under four a carry. He has four games under three a carry. This week, uh, I'm sorry, for the season, he's averaging 3.3 yards a carry. This week, he went nine for 30 for, guess what? 3.3 yards a carry. He is efficiently inefficient. Remember, like, the, the hype going into the year was like, this Rashad Ford might be a good fantasy option. Yeah. I called him Rashad Ford. What's with me today? Rashad White might be a good fancy option. I also think that was incorrect. It's efficiently inefficient. I apologize. All right. So we're both dumb talkers today. Got yeah. it. All right. My last bonus award. I'm giving out the Wave the White Flag Award. I'm giving that out to me, Mike. I'm giving myself an award this week. I'm waving the white flag. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. Oh, you're finally giving up. Yep. So last week on the podcast, when we talked about draft players, I said there's like three things I care about. When it comes to draft eligible quarterbacks, I want to see. I want to see one, their ability to read left to right, cross the field, multiple reads. Two, their ability to make plays with their legs. And three, that they can drive the football outside the numbers. And Brock Purdy did all three of those this week. He had multiple different times where they would motion Christian McCaffrey out wide. He would be their second or third option and he would end up with the ball. He ran on a 13-yard scramble to convert a first down, and he drove drove the ball outside the numbers on a pin-perfect throw to Brandon Ayuk to win for a touchdown. So I'm waving the white flag. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. 
Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to say it. I'm waving the white flag because if there's like a, a wild, crazy regression and he turns into a pumpkin, I want to be able to say, I knew it. <laughs> but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. No. Uh, fortunately. Maybe just Iowa State University, they just didn't let him dish. They didn't let Brock cook. So that's why we didn't know this was possible. Yeah, well, we can't jump to that conclusion because Iowa State has a long lineage of very high-quality NFL passers. So, Is that so? Yeah. Can you name one? Joss Whedon. Oh, I meant uh, Brandon Whedon. Yeah, Brandon Whedon went to OK State. Same conference, though. So you're, you you're halfway yeah. there. Uh, yeah, he's not even, it's not even like he's like, People thought he was too tiny to play in the NFL. He was 6'1", 220. I mean, he's on the lower end height-wise, but... He's got small, uh, like, short arms. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's because he got his... He feels more confident because he got his safety blanket of Trent Williams back to protect him. That's my theory. And his other safety blanket of Debo Samuels. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, any final awards? Any final thoughts? Any, any other things you want to mention about Week 11 of NFL action? No, just hopefully the Eagles and Chiefs deliver us a good game to save us from what was Sunday because we thought we were going to get a good game Thursday and it didn't work out. Yeah, if we're betting on trends here, uh, Jalen Hurts goes out with like a concussion in the first drive and we get to watch. If I had to... Oh, I know who the backup is. is Marcus Mariota. If we had to watch Marcus Mariota play the rest of the game. That'd be fun. Would that be fun, Mike? Would no, that be wouldn't. fun? I'm just kidding. All right, Mike, uh, you want to get uh, you want to get your plugs in? Yeah, real quick. So I had a I had this three leg parlay laid down yesterday. Just wanted to cover it, and it taught me something. Always bet unders. So I took Minnesota Denver under forty one and a half hit. Seahawks Rams under forty five and a half hit. Jets Bills over thirty nine and a half. <laughs> they at a total of thirty eight. That's where I learned just always, always, always bet unders people. How did you not include Steelers Browns in that? Uh, I placed it after the one o'clock games, like before uh, four o'clock games got going. It was like right at, at the end of one o'clock. Games. Fucking new better betting on Sunday. Yeah. Fucking Christ. It didn't right, go well for me. Give me your plugs. Uh, plugs on Saturday coming out on Wednesday. <laughs> As we come down the home stretch of the call, this is the last week of the regular season, and we have a week break, and then the conference champion or the yeah conference championship games. So that will be something I'll have to figure out what I'm going to do on each week. Let's get uh, so a let's, let's get a quick round of applause here, real quick, Mike. Four for four on your bets this week, right? Yeah, I did yeah. good. I was very proud of myself. Uh, and then so if you want to make some money, got to read on Saturday, uh, and then. Last week, we were back with some wrestling predictions, and this week, we will be back again as a, uh, WWE has their Survivor Series pay-per-view. And other than that, follow me at Tunnel and Mike. And as always, tomorrow we'll have the League Pass Watchability Power Rankings coming out. We'll be back here on Thursday to drop a Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. I assume that means that we'll both be eating turkey at the time. We do a Thursday morning pod, get in there, mm-hmm. talk our shit. Move on with our day. Yeah, you guys, you can play it on a speaker while you're sitting down with your family for Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody yeah, so I apologize in advance for the gratuitous amount of swearing that I normally do on these podcasts. Yeah. I call a lot of people a fucker on an episode of Talent <laughs> Alone. That's uh, really my go-to. Then uh, be sure to check back in now that we've moved the podcast to Thursday, despite Mike trying to move it back to Friday immediately. Team Talent Alone now coming at you on Fridays. And then uh, 
be sure to come back here and check out our Basky episode next Saturday. Last week, we had a special guest on. And once again, don't want to give anything away. Go listen to it to figure out who. But I wouldn't be surprised if some people would refer to our special guest as the Tool Man. Jeff Tool? Tim Allen. <laughs> oh, okay. And I guess that's it. So we only got uh, one thing left to do on this, this Monday edition of the Town Alone podcast. Shoutouts to the man from the king of sportsbooks. Big Cock Fox. Copyright Town Alone.